South of the Six podcast, bringing you the latest on your favorite Toronto sports teams from south of the Canadian border. Here's your host, Adam Corsair. And it's only the NBA that can make me wake up at 5.45 in the morning and do a podcast. Welcome to the South of the Six podcast. We are part of the stadium scene TV network and part of the Overtime Media crew. Apologies in advance if I sound like I just woke up because, well, I did. Joining me to discuss the breaking news of Kawhi Leonard now being a Los Angeles Clipper is Jordan Kligman of 416 Basketball. Jordan, how do you feel about this man? Are you? I know you said you don't sleep before we recorded, but how do you... How is this processing for you? Wait, what? He's a Clipper? (laughs) (sighs) Does this feel like a little bit anticlimactic to you? Because it seemed like the the talk was just Lakers and Raptors all day, but now he's a Clipper. How how are you processing this? I knew he was never going to the Lakers. That that was clear. Like... uh, Jackie McMullen and Windhorse both confirmed that Kawhi didn't want to play with LeBron. And this was like a like a week or two ago. And Windhorse didn't want to attach his name to it. So it never became a thing. But like I never saw the Lakers as a threat. Like Kawhi doesn't like the spotlight. And if he's in if he's on the Lakers, that media is crazy. It's it's just gonna be every day. And then also playing with LeBron, the toxicity of LeBron. Like, we, there's news like LeBron's going to defer to Kawhi. What? That's <laughs> LeBron doesn't defer to anybody. He, he trades guys that look at him funny. It makes you wonder if the... Well, I guess it's confirmation that all these talking heads, all these insiders, all these analysts... That have said things like like Jalen Rose saying 99.9% sure he's going back to Toronto. Or you have, uh, I don't know, Woj, Woj was all about the Clippers. But you have like other people, Stephen A. Smith, all these people saying, you know, it's come down to the Lakers. The Lakers are going to be really hard to beat. Even Perkins, not to say that he's a legitimate analyst or whatever, but Kendrick Perkins was like, yo, he's it's looking like purple and gold. The Clippers were like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I maybe I fell into the hype. Maybe I bought into it a little bit too much, but it seemed that they were out of this from maybe the get go. And it, the, the reports were just saying that it was a Raptors Lakers race. And it's just, for me, it's a little bittersweet that he's not joining the Lakers because I do like to see some sort of balance in the league. Um, and I think this move doesn't uh, dismiss that at all. I, I still think there's a pretty good amount of balance, especially in the West. But it is just heartbreaking in and of itself that he's just not going to be a Raptor, even though when we acquired him last year, we we knew this was a legitimate possibility. Yeah, it's interesting because... I think we talked like all season back and forth and like I was pessimistic that he was going to resign and you were always like optimistic and that kind of flipped. I thought like yeah. in the last week you became pessimistic. I became more optimistic. Um, you just never know with a guy like that, like that doesn't really say much. The one thing, though, that that troubled me that like no one caught on to was like in the Rachel Nichols interview with Kawhi and Lowry when. Kawhi tried to give his finals MVP to Lowry. I'm like, what is he doing? I'm like, is this a consolation prize that he just he feels bad that he's going to leave? Just like the way he phrases it and everything. He's like, you deserve it. And he lives like a sad tone. I'm like, this is odd. But like, I didn't really read too much into that like a week later. I'm just like, oh, that was nothing. But I don't know. It It makes you wonder if the the rumors or the reports about him saying that he legitimately didn't know what he was going to do or he hadn't made a decision. It makes you wonder if that's legitimate because, you know, we're going to get to Paul George and the impact of that in a bit, but you you refer back to the regular season when OKC came to Toronto 
and you refer to Paul George's conversation with Kawhi Leonard about free agency, and he said something like, that's between us, that's private. And it makes you wonder if this has been sort of, I don't want to say planned, but set in stage or set in motion since then. And I want to say that game might have been in like December or January, if I'm not mistaken, maybe a little later. But um, it makes you wonder if this is something that has been whispered about ever since then. Yeah, it seems like it could have been. But I feel like the Paul George thing was really unlikely. Like, you had to get OKC to sign off on a trade, and they got a massive haul for him in return. So that's how that's how it ended up coming through. But we heard reports. I don't know if they're true that like Kawhi was reaching out to Durant. He was reaching out to Jimmy Butler to possibly play with him on the Clippers. So maybe when those things fell through, uh, then the Paul George thing, they tried to figure out how they could play together on the Clippers then, but. I think it's just it was it's a hard thing to say, yeah, we're going to play together when you're on another team and you're on like this long contract where you have to get the team to trade you. So, as I mentioned, I pretty much just woke up to this. And do we do we know the contract? um, The contract details for Kawhi Leonard to the Clippers yet? It was a four year max. I think they said one hundred and forty two million. Jeez. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking. I don't at know if there. I don't know if there's any options. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, that's. Uh, I mean, if there's anything that was legitimate or maybe just luck, um, this is something that the media was bang on about. He, they said that no one or two year deals were discussed. Um, I don't know if this is. This is impactful throughout the entire NBA. I think this is, uh, well, seeing as that this is a Raptors podcast, we can discuss the the impact that this is going to have on the team. Um, we all knew, like I said, we all knew this was a risk moving forward. We all knew that Masai was pushing the chips all in, and ironically enough, he wanted to have a situation much like the Paul George situation in OKC. Um, it's weird how serendipitous this is right now, but... Um, obviously, uh, the move in terms of the payoff in the contractual, um, details and the contractual, um, point of view, it worked out, right? They won a championship. This isn't something that anybody should be disappointed with when it comes to one year of Kawhi Leonard, but knowing now that he's not going to be a Raptor. Do you regret the move in any way, minus the championship? Do you think now this puts the Raptors in a state of turmoil moving forward? Or do you think, given the state of the East right now, they're going to be just fine? Yeah, I don't regret the move at all, I think. Even if we didn't win a title, even if we lose to Philly, we had had to do something. Like, if we kept a Rosen, we would just have him for one more year. Like, I'd rather have Kawhi for one than DeRozan for two, like like I've been saying. But, yeah, the, the championship is just a massive plus, and you got to take it. Um, I think the, the roster right now, I've seen a lot of people say, like, negative things about it. Now, we have a lot of these older guys in Lowry, Gasol, uh, and Abaka that we could potentially potentially move there on one-year deals and if we're looking to rebuild maybe get some picks but i think we still have a better starting lineup than the boston celtics yeah i can see that i, I don't think that's outlandish. I, I think so it's like the celtics have just just fallen so far just from like where they were a year ago where everyone thought they'd be like eh, we're still a little bit better <laughs> all right so you know, given the state of the Raptors right now, who do you think slots into that small forward role and shooting guard role um, moving forward? Because we haven't mentioned yet that Danny Green is actually going to be the one donning the purple and gold. So now that we we know who's not going to be on the team, at least in the in the immediate term, we have Lowry, Gasol, and Ibaka and Siakam. Is that what we're looking at? Plus maybe an OG or a Norm? Is that the starting five moving forward? 
I think OJ OG will definitely get the small forward slot. The shooting guard slot is tougher. Um, I think we've just seen how good Fred's been with the starters that I might put him in there. Cause I, I just feel like with like Norm, him and OG just probably aren't high usage guys that you need a guy who's fearless and just like loves taking shots. Right. And that's Fred. Yeah. But I don't know like what you do with the backup point guard spot if you do that. I don't think we'll run the two bigs with Abak and Gasol like all season. Maybe in particular matchups we might do that. But yeah, I think OG definitely uh is gonna start. And I think he's due for a big season. He had a rough year, his dad died, and then he ruptured his appendix. And like people are like, Oh, he was a disappointing season. Those are tough things to go through. <laughs> Like really tough things. Um, I I think he looked great as a rookie. He was pretty good this year uh, until he ruptured his appendix. I'm expecting big things for him. I think he's going to have a good good season coming up. I hope so, man. Because you know you mentioned earlier that the, the uh, Kyle Lowry, Marcus All, and Serge Ibaka they have one more deal, one more year on their deals right now, on their contract. Um, it'd be interesting to see, and I know this is really rough to hear, first of all, 6 a.m. On a, 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 in the morning, but I know it's really rough to hear for Raptors fans. Um, I don't know, the aspect of some sort of rebuild or retooling, I know it's hard to hear after a championship, but something about that I think excites some portions of the fan base and maybe to a, a a higher or lesser degree, depending on how you want to look at it, it might excite Masai Jerry a little bit too, because he was anxious. If you believe the rumors, he was anxious to do it when he first came to Toronto. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you think that's something that's on the table moving forward? Or do you think it's all going to depend on the, the performance uh, throughout the first, at least the first half of the season? Yeah, so Masai, he's definitely been trying to like trade like DeRozan or like Lowry like every offseason, it seems. Um we could just never get like the right picks or I guess our young players back or whatever until we traded up to get Kawhi Leonard when that just kind of fell into our lap, which which was massive. Um I think now uh you definitely look to see what you can get for those guys, but I think you know, we're, we're, it's July 6th. Like, teams have already pretty much signed, like, guy, their teams. They're probably happy with their teams, uh, the ones that are competing at least. Um, so it's like they probably aren't thinking about the trade market right now. So we probably have to wait till the trade deadline if we're looking for, like, a decent return for those guys. So I think we're going to see um, – you might make a minor move or something, but I think we're going to see the team we have now um, play until um, the trade deadline and then try and unload guys then. I think we still have the mid-level exception, which is, I think, $9.2 million. Don't really know how many quality guys are on the market, but we could potentially get someone um, and then flip that guy at the trade trade deadline and get like a pick or something out of the guy we signed now. So it's like, there's things you can do to set yourself up. Do you see this resulting in a pretty hefty extension for Pascal Siakam, like, immediately? Yeah, I think I think that's priority one right now. Um, it's funny, like, a week ago, I was thinking... We have, we have to trade Pascal before we pay him. That's what that's what I was thinking a week ago. I'm like, pure like Danny Ainge, like no loyalty. Let's like, oh, we can't like no move him out. Just just try and get a star. Like just always selling. But now I think you just have to build around him and you have to pay him, which I which I'm okay with. I'm probably not as high as as other people on what the ceiling for Siakam is because I saw today somebody was asking um, like who are like the top, the top 10 players going to be in like 2025 or something. And I saw a lot of Raptors fans putting Siakam on this list. And I'm just like, 
I don't know about that. Like, he's going to be an all-star this coming season, I think, for sure now, with a usage bump with Kawhi gone. Um, I think he's going to put up, like, 20 points per game uh, easily. I think it's an easy all-star selection, especially on the East now. The East got weaker. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's he's going to get the, the whatever his max is. I don't know if uh, he's eligible for $150 million or... I'm assuming an extension would be less than that, but yeah, he's he's going to get paid. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, let's bring it back to Kawhi real quick. Um, it's it's interesting to see how tight lipped this has all been, and I think a lot of um, free agents out there, you know, in in the future, can learn a lot from this. Um, as we mentioned, there are no leaks. There are no, there were no leaks. Rather, there were no, there was no buzz surrounding Kawhi to the Clippers as much as there has been Lakers or the Raptors. Um, but you got to give him credit for keeping this tight-lipped, and that includes everyone in his camp too, because this was one of those out of nowhere things. I know a lot of people had the Clippers on their mind, but the aspect of this plus Paul George. It's just crazy. And we are talking about how there's balance now, or maybe the East got, got weaker and the West is a little bit more balanced out. Now that Paul George has been traded to the Clippers with Kawhi Leonard now signing there, do you see them as the clear-cut favorites to take the West, or do you think there's enough balance in the West with Golden State, given Clay Thompson is still recovering from an ACL tear, but the the Warriors being pretty good still, uh, the Lakers having two of the, I don't know, maybe top five, top ten best players in, in the NBA. Do you still consider this to be an even balance of the West, or do you think the, the Clippers are just going to be the clear-cut favorites to take it? I don't think anyone's going to really say clear-cut. I think the Clippers are now the best team. Uh, in the league. But oh, wow. Okay. I think in the West, there's five really good teams now, and uh, no one bad is going to make the, the play. Like the Spurs, they might get the A seed, and they're everyone's like, ah, they're not very good. But then, like, I'm thinking, like, six and seven, like, is that where the Nuggets and Blazers fall now? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The Utah Jazz got really good too. Uh, yep. They've improved a lot, and Memphis looks okay. Like I'm not saying they're going to push for a championship, but I think they can turn a lot of heads. But I do think that the Clippers now are definitely the team to watch. And it's funny in the beginning of the show that you said that he didn't. He being Kawhi Leonard didn't want to be in this huge market. Do you think the Clippers now, as a result of this, will turn into that? Well, I think it's interesting. Like, we just saw was a week ago now the Nets, like, gain supremacy in New York. And now we're see- I think we're seeing the Clippers. Well, they're probably not going to gain supremacy in L.A. But it's, like, interesting. Like, the, the sister teams or the little brother, whatever you want to call it, are rising up. Um I, th- I think the Lakers will still get the majority of the tension. I do think, though, that the Clippers are going to gain a lot more coverage now um, because of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, it's not a bad pairing. I think that, <laughs> especially with the step that Paul George took this past season after, you know, the. Uh, I feel like now he's completely recovered from that injury a while back. And it, it was like incrementally he was getting better until last year he reached this like fever pitch and he just exploded. Um, it's going to be crazy that if he can maintain that level of performance with Kawhi Leonard, it's going to be crazy to see what that team can do because they aren't, they aren't bad. Like, I know they gave up a pretty big haul to get Paul George. We can touch on that too. But given what's still there, they, yeah, I think you're right. I think they could be or probably are as of right now the best team in the entire NBA. And wouldn't it be crazy if Kawhi, 
<laughs> just won another championship on a different team. I don't. Has that ever happened before? Has a has a player won a championship with three different teams? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know. Or wait, they probably have. It's just the the finals MVP thing. That's true. I think true. the fi- the finals MVP thing is the thing that hasn't happened with a. Uh, three different teams that's but true if, if, the, if the clippers do it i think it's Kawhi that could get the finals mvp again <laughs> and he tries to give it to paul george and then demands a trade like <laughs> <laughs> like i need i need a fourth finals mvp with a different team now <laughs> legacy ah all right let's talk about the hall that the uh the, the Clippers unloaded to get Paul George. From what I'm seeing, it's a Miami Heat 2021 unprotected first, a Clippers unprotected 2022 first, a Heat 2023 first, top 14 protected, uh, the right to swap first round picks with the Clippers in 2023, Clippers unprotected 2024 first round pick, the right to swap first round picks with the Clippers in 2025, and a Clippers unprotected 2026 first round pick. That is a lot, like a lot. And I know they're playing the the short term the short term game. I apologize. I just literally woke up. The short term game when it comes to winning championships now. But that is a lot to give up for your future just for a Paul George. Or do you disagree? I feel bad for Shea Gilgis Alexander. <laughs> he has to go to OKC now. Like if they make him play behind Westbrook. I'm I'm gonna cry. Like he's good. He was really good. I don't really care about Gallinari. Yes, he had a good season. Whatever analytics people liked what he did this season, but he's always injured. But like Shea may never be heard from again mm. going to OKC. <laughs> <sighs> but that's a lot of picks. Like that yeah. is a lot of picks. It, it's and, a, good. it's a people are saying it's a bigger haul than uh, what the Lakers gave up for Davis. And maybe it should be. Like, the Lakers got Davis on an, or as a rental. One People assume that he's going to stay there long term. But, you know, from a leverage perspective, uh, the Pelicans had to trade him um, before he becomes a free agent. So they, they got a massive all. Um, this, it dep- I guess it depends what you think of Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram. Uh, which package you like better, but um, should be interesting. I, it's two just massive trades to really reshape the landscape. Um, I think it was the right move, though, for the Thunder. I, don't, I think they weren't going to win a title with their team. People are like, oh, they did, just didn't want to pay the luxury tax. Yeah, but I don't think they, want, I don't think they wanted to move Paul George. Um, I don't think they're a playoff team now, the Thunder. Oh, no. No, no way. And, you know, to be fair, I understand, like, later on, this is going to really sting for the Clippers. But at least 2020 and 2021, they don't have to give up unless it's been swapped elsewhere. I don't really know the details. Do the Clippers have a 2020 and a 2021 first-round pick of their own? Probably, I, I I don't have that in front of me right now, but all right, I just I'd assume so because Seems- they're not giving OKC one of their own until twenty twenty two. Maybe that was OKC wanted that, yeah. or I don't know. Maybe it's you can't trade picks in back to back years. Yeah, that that's probably know. the case because there is um. I don't know. I'm looking at this right now, and at least for the first two years, the Clippers will be in decent shape. But in 2022 and the following years after that, uh, there's a good chance that those picks could be high picks, depending on how long this duo of PG and Kawhi last and how healthy they are. Um, or, and you know, and regression being a thing later on. Um, this is really risky for the organization, especially that like unprotected 2026 pick. We could be looking at OKC later on and being like, wow, they, they got a pretty decent haul and that you see the, the players that they're going to be drafting with these picks 
I don't know. OKC could be pretty good in like five years, I guess. But like this is, I don't know. It's it's interesting. It's reminiscent of the Celtics Brooklyn swap back in the day. Yeah, I also think GMs look at it. Well, I don't know about the Clippers perspective, but I know Palenka is like, yeah, if I don't make this trade, I'm fired. <laughs> and like also thinking like if those assets bec- become something. I'm not going to be here anyways. It's going to be the next GM's problem. I don't know if the Clippers would also replace Lawrence Frank and Jerry West. Or I don't. I don't really know who the. He- it seems like Jerry West is the head guy running things, but I think Lawrence Frank. Well, he was the one stalking Kawhi Leonard all year, anyways. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think they're not thinking like, oh, a decade from now, like this this team could be just like a wasteland. They were preparing for this summer um, to to go all in, and they did that. Um, I, I they paid a lot to get Paul George, but if uh, if Kawhi Leonard said you have to get Paul George before I sign, they had to do it then. Yeah, and that that seems a little crazy because I don't know, like, what was Kawhi Leonard's decision if they don't get Paul George? Probably the Lakers at that point. I feel like, you know, this is... Damn, just, man. Yeah, I know, Damn, man. why are you doing this? <laughs> I know, like, this isn't what people want to hear, but I just feel that... Are we buying that this was really a a period in which Kawhi Leonard was mulling the details of all three teams... Or, or was it more so to the Clippers, hey, get Paul George or get me person B or whatever, and we can move forward? Do you think he was just waiting for the Clippers, or do you think he was really doing some soul-searching? No, oh, yeah, I think it was the get Paul George or get whoever. Right. I think, that, I think he was thinking Clippers the whole time. Uh, I think the—I really think, like, probably Jimmy Butler was the most realistic— Thing, considering he was a free agent that would have been just so much easier to work and then they wouldn't have had to give up like crazy assets like that um but yeah i i i don't think Kawhi was going to the lakers at all i i think there was like it would okay in my opinion if Kawhi went to the lakers they would have had the top three players in the nba i know a lot of people like don't believe davis is like a top three player right now but like I do. Yeah. I like he's an elite two-way player. I think he's the, still the best big man in the league, and we saw him as a road dog sweep the Blazers uh, two years ago. And like people, are like oh, uh, like what happened this season? Yeah, he quit on the Pelicans because he didn't want to be there. LeBron got <laughs> in his head and really rigged the system. But th- that would have been crazy. I I don't see how that dynamic. I just don't see how it would work, and I don't see how Kawhi would have wanted to be a part of it. Um, but yeah, if, you, if you're listening to like reports and like what the people on TV that don't vet any of their sources say, yeah, it really seemed like the Lakers were in there. Um, but I, I have my doubts about that. I just feel that you know, given the state of the Raptors winning a championship, and given that he was able to do it with without necessarily another superstar on that team, whether or not you want to regard Pascal Siakam or Kyle Lowry or even a Marcus Gasol as a legit superstar, that's a completely different topic of conversation. But in terms of, um, you know, the, on paper, there was no Paul George on the Raptors. And given that he won a championship with that cast of characters, I thought maybe he would think, okay, I can do this with this team moving forward, seeing the landscape shift a little bit. I could definitely run it back with the Raptors. And we have a very good, if not almost guaranteed shot of going to the finals again. My mentality was that may be very attractive to Kawhi Leonard. But now in hindsight, looking at this right now, it seemed like the Raptors didn't really stand a chance, right? It. That's why I say that if, the Clippers didn't acquire a Paul George. He was probably Lakers bound because I do think the geography was the top number one priority 
to Kawhi Leonard at this point? Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I also don't know what was talked about in the Kawhi Raptors meetings. Like, if Kawhi asked Masai to go and get Paul George, do you think Masai was trying to do that? Do you think that? Do you think there was any communication? We need another star, and like, just give up Siakam, give up whoever, just make it happen. Do you think there that any of that? The Masai would would have been open to that. It depends on who we was looking at, right? If it was, hey, Paul George is the guy I want to play with, specifically. Um, I, I don't doubt that Masai probably made a phone call to OKC and was like, yo, what's it going to take? And as soon as they said, we want this haul of picks, plus, I don't know, Kyle Lowry and or Pascal Siakam and whoever, I think Masai would have been like, I can't fuck my future like that. I just can't, you know, and I don't necessarily blame him for that if it meant seeing Kawhi walk. Um, But I do think that Masai is very forward thinking, and I don't think he would want to put the organization in a position like that to really stifle them with picks and uh, draft capital moving forward because I do think he values that. I do think he values the aspect of being able to draft and develop guys into that Raptor system to become successful. Yeah, I absolutely, like if Kawhi said, get me Paul George, I would have been racing the phone trying to get that done. Um, but yeah, I have no idea what what if this was communi- even communicated or what Masai was thinking or... I'm just thinking, like, he came back on a jet to Toronto. Like, why? Yeah, yeah. Something, I think something detail, like, something in depth had to be discussed. Like, it's just confusing that if we were never in it, that he'd want to come to Toronto and take a meeting in Toronto uh, when he could have just said, come to L.A. and meet me. Yeah. Yeah, it makes you wonder that if, see, the way I look at it, I bet that the, the if Kawhi came to Masai and was like, yo, this is what it's going to take to keep me, you got to get a Paul George. Um, maybe that would blindside him a bit because obviously you're not thinking that if you're Masai Jerry because you're just like, well, dude, we just won a championship with this team. Why would I anticipate you requesting to bring on other players? Um, but... If I were a betting man, I would think that Masai and Bobby and the the entire crew was probably more like, hey, we'll give you whatever you want in terms of like what we're able to offer you in a tangible sense, right? We'll offer you that five-year max contract. We'll offer you, uh, I don't know, Drake will make you executive producer or whatever. I don't know. But... In terms of acquiring other players, I don't know that that was ever really a thought for Masai unless it was a, hey, and look at these contracts that are coming off the books next year. We'll be able to chase other free agents, like hint, hint, nudge, nudge, a Giannis perhaps. We'll be able to chase that. And I think maybe Kawhi would have been like, no, I need something more immediate than that. Yeah. (laughs) That sounds... Sounds reasonable. It sounds like that's very plausible. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's uh, it's one of those things now that Raptors fans have to deal with, and uh, I don't know. It's sort of bittersweet. Do you get the the sense that it's a bittersweet moment? That yes, it sucks that he's not on the Raptors, but at least fuck, man, he's not on the Lakers right now. <laughs> yeah, the, the him going to the, the Lakers that would have broke me. Um, <sighs> But I, I just never saw as a real, real possibility. I'm like his person, like, like the normal superstar. Would, I think would definitely pick the Lakers. But Kawhi's personality of being a quiet guy, like I'm an introvert. I, I see, I see that. Like I would never wanna, wanna play for the Lakers. I wouldn't want that fanfare. Right. So I see, I see that. Um, and I, I, I don't know, like. I st- st- us winning the final still hasn't hasn't kicked in yet for me. I don't know. <laughs> the, the payoff just hasn't come yet. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I think. I think that that's that's the the bittersweet thing. Him him leaving, but us get, getting the ring. 
This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Well, when it comes to the Raptors moving forward, it's really interesting. We touched on it a little bit in terms of a potential rebuild, but in the immediate term, in in terms of the 2019-2020 season, um, it's going to be interesting because I do think, yes, they are better than a lot of the other teams in the East, but I don't think necessarily that they're better than, say, the Bucks. I don't think necessarily, well, they might be just on par. I don't feel comfortable saying that. I don't think they're better than Philly. I think right now Philly and Milwaukee are the two top tiers teams in the East. Um, Raptors, Celtics may fill in that other tier after that. But um, it's interesting right now because it's going to be maybe just kind of a, a blah year this year. And it I don't know what the future has in store for this team post the 2019-20 season. Um, what are your thoughts? I know we discussed like potential starting lineup and whatnot, but what do you think the future of the Raptors right now is bright and we still have to put our faith in Messiah Jerry to sort of uh, push this team forward? Or do you think that the foot will be put on the gas a little bit? I don't know. I think people, the fan base, I think it's going to be optimistic just because how great Messiah has done. Like, if it was like a previous GM, like everyone would be super sad and ang- I think incredibly angry right now because you'd have no trust in like a Brian Colangelo um, type figure. But I think I think it's going to be tough. I think the Hollow Raptors typically have to build this through the draft. So it's like hitting on more draft picks, and Masai's done pretty good on that. Um, The free agency thing, that's still a worry for me. Like, we've never never really landed a big name that's been, like, massive for us through free agency. So, like, clearing all that, being able to have all that cap space always sounds great in theory, but if you're just going to, like, overpay a role player or get some middling guys. Like, we saw what happened with the Knicks this summer. Like, yep, max, <laughs> max space. <laughs> two max slots. We traded we traded Porzingis for two max slots. We're good to go. It's going to be awesome. We're getting all-stars, and they don't get that. They got to settle for, like, <laughs> really suspect guys. Um <laughs> Now, their organization is a joke, and it seems like guys, have, the NBA players are smart to not want to play for a poorly run organization, and I think people recognize that the Raptors now are a better run organization, because like in, I guess, like a decade ago, we were poorly run, like and might, uh, I don't know if we had cap space then, but whenever we last had cap space um, under different management, we knew guys didn't want to come here, but we weren't a stable organization now. We weren't a stable organization then. Uh, now we definitely are a stable organization. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how attractive we are to free agents. Not being able to keep Kawhi, I don't know if that that's going to hurt us. Like we cut like all season, we've been hearing Woj have the Clippers out in front. So it it should it shouldn't be a surprise, even though people are surprised based on how a lot of these talking heads were reporting the last few days. But I I I don't think like it's going to be oh yeah this will be so easy to rebuild. I think it's going to be tough to rebuild, um, and I think the Raptors will have to rely on drafting well. What I fear is, you know, you touched on it about the Raptors not being able to lure free agents onto their into their organization. I don't necessarily... Look, I don't want to shit on Toronto. I don't want to shit on the Raptors as an organization or, you know, like I said, Toronto as a destination. But this certainly doesn't do any favors, right? Because not only do you not have Kawhi Leonard on the team to sort of make the Raptors look more attractive to other free agents out there, but what does this say about 
You know, the whole when you had Paul George come back to OKC, it was sort of like a validation for OKC. Like, okay, yeah, we can bring a guy in and he'll he'll want to stay, given the you know, we have players around him, we have Russ on the team, whatever. For Toronto, what does it say that Kawhi's like, yeah, I won a championship here. Still don't want to fucking be here. Like, what what does that resonate to the other players in the NBA? How does that echo to other players that are just like, do you think it's more like of a, yep, he just confirmed it. Toronto's not a good place to go. Like, does this hurt Toronto moving forward in terms of their chances to lure players in? Dude, I, I feel like this does more damage to that now. Yeah, I I don't I absolutely don't know. Um, I think if he would have stayed, it would have greatly helped. Like even if he was a one plus one and he leaves in a year, I think him staying would have validated what the Raptors have built. Um, and guys are like, oh, he stayed in Toronto for an extra year, and I think that would have made us maybe more attractive. I don't know. Like he's not a big talker. Like we've seen guys like shit talk the Raptors when they leave. Like Damari Carroll, um, I think Lou Williams recently. Yeah. Even though he was devastated when we didn't give him an offer to re-sign at the time, I remember. Um, but yeah, so I I don't think Kawhi's gonna tell anybody anything negative about the Raptors, but he might not tell any anything positive. And I think he did have a positive season here. I think. Him staying staying healthy and Raptors medical staff and catering to his needs and winning a, a championship and he seemed to get along with everyone on the team. Like there were, it didn't seem like there were locker room problems at all this season. No, no, not at all. It, it, it even seemed that he was getting along with everyone, and you know, it. it I don't know. I just feared that now players around the league are going to be of the mindset that, yeah, okay, so, like, Toronto isn't a cool place to go. Toronto isn't all it's cracked up to be, so we're going to stick with the warmer climate because look what Kawhi did. I just fear that moving forward in this sort this narrative now is going to be to be amplified. And it sucks because by no means do I consider this season or this past season rather a failure. Like you can't, they won a championship and I still wouldn't, you know, not pursue that trade for Kawhi Leonard. I'd still make that trade a hundred times out of a hundred. Sorry, DeMar DeRozan, but, um, it's just I moving forward in terms of the 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 general attitude and the perception of Toronto as a destination for free agents and the perception as the Raptors as an organization. Like I'm I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Do you think it's embarrassing that the team that just won the championship couldn't keep the finals MVP? Does that say something negative about how the organization is run from within that we just don't know about. I know it's impossible to answer that question, but do you see this as a bruise on the organization that they weren't able to re-sign him? I feel like that's going to be like a first take undisputed thing. Like just skip <laughs> Bayless and Stephen A. Smith, like just throwing the Raptors under the bus. Like how could they? Um, and like no one wants to play there, but now I just, I just thought, like, there's a lot of good Canadian players in the league now. Yeah. Like, I know, I was kind of thinking, like, Jamal Murray down the road, but I think he just signed, like, a $170 million extension with the Nuggets. So, yeah, I don't think that's going to be happening anytime soon. Um, but, like, R.J. Barrett was just drafted. Uh, Trey Lyles is a free agent. Um, the Raptors could potentially sign him now if they want, like, Trey Lyles, I think. Um there's good Canadian talent, and like with Wiggins, um, I know he's been very disappointing, and I know I don't think he's worth his contract at all. I would not trade for him, but like when he becomes a free agent, I feel like he's gonna be on the cheap. That like teams will just think like all these negative things about him, and like maybe the rat, maybe he's a free agent. The Raptors will will be able to get down the road. Um, He's he has to improve a lot because right now the most I really see Wiggins as being is like a sixth man. Right. I don't I don't think he should be even starting uh, on the Timberwolves, but um, I don't know. I just think I think that's the plus with all this Canadian talent. 
maybe we could we could get those guys. Uh, but like the A list American guys, I think that's tough. Maybe like some of the other international guys we would have a shot at. Um, because like the international guys, they seem to like it here. Like I think Abaka likes it here. I think Marcus likes it here. I think I think maybe the you gotta you gotta target certain 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 guys that aren't like the A-list Americans that like always want the the fame and like the big markets in the U.S. and like the attention of ESPN every night. I think the number one player that people have on their mind right now when you say that is Giannis. And I don't think it's lost on people the relationship that a Giannis and Tentacupo and a Masai Ujiri have together. Like they, they are well connected. And I think Masai is somewhat responsible for him being in the league or being recognized at all. I could be wrong about that, but I do know Masai had an impact on Giannis in some way. Um, I just don't like this waiting game. Like we, I feel like we had this attitude of tanking for Wiggins once before, and we look back in hindsight, and that was very, you know, ill-sighted. I don't want to be this fan base, and maybe we have no choice right now, but I don't want to be this fan base that's just like, all right, we're just waiting for Giannis to be a free agent and banking on that relationship or maybe a lack thereof between Masai and Giannis to really hope that he joins the Raptors. I don't know. Like, and this is this is what I'm fearful of moving forward. Is that you're really t- putting stock in the draft right now because Toronto isn't this attractive destination for, as you mentioned, like the American athletes out there, and it's going to be really tough to really build that con- that championship team again. And if you're going to have any, you know, real hopes of doing it, it's going to be in the draft. Um, so I don't know. Are you going? Are you in the mindset that we have a legitimate uh, chance of acquiring a Giannis just based on this relationship or loose relationship with Masai, or do you think no, dude? Don't even think about that. We should just be focusing on drafting the guys. Well, I, I think that's that's just something you put to the side now. I don't think you can you can plan for that. Like if it happens, that'd be awesome. But you, you, like I feel like the odds of that are probably low like that just seems like a small like he could be i think he's very happy in milwaukee despite like the reports were like oh if they're not still contending he's out of there yeah yeah. um i i think that's that's a little far-fetched but um i think what i'm not i'm not saying the raptors should tank but i think what, what we have to do now is try and acquire like picks try and acquire i would like lottery picks but i probably thinking like lauer is the only one that could potentially get a lottery pick and probably like a not very good lottery pick at this point with one year remaining in his age. Um, but yeah, I just want to acquire assets and picks. Like I don't want to see like a Ponzi scheme type thing where we trade for like a Bradley Beal or Kevin Love because they become available. Hmm. Like, like then you're giving up assets and you're mortgaging more of the future to be not as good as we were with Kawhi. And I don't think we would be a title contender with just one of those guys, um, especially if you're sending someone like Siakam out the door. I don't think we'd have to give up him for Kevin Love, but I think for like a Bradley Beal, we'd definitely have to give up Siakam. And I wouldn't do that. That you're, you're just you're just like it just it's not going to end well. You keep keep trying to like acquire like a star player, and you're just giving up more of your future. I think. It's it's time to rebuild, um, and I I'm assuming like those trades will come around the trade deadline, um, but I think you just try and get picks, try and acquire some maybe some young players, and you try and retool around Siakam and OG, and I think um, I think keeping Fred, I think now is going to be a priority next summer. Yeah, I don't disagree. I do think that you can create this nice little uh, team around those three guys. Um, I don't see a future in which Kyle Lowry is still a Raptor, and if he if he is after next season, I think it's more of a courtesy type of thing. Um, I, I don't know. It, it just it's going to be interesting to see how they how they push through this and see what kind of uh, moves Masai Ujiri will make to sort of mitigate this because. You know, you look on Twitter 
and you see this fan base is just kind of broken right now. And it, I'm not saying Messiah Jerry has to do something to to brighten them up. Um, I still think the Raptors are going to sell tickets just fine. The merchandise sales already have spoken for themselves. Um, but I do think he's thirsty to sort of constantly improve this organization one way or another. Like whether that means blowing it up and retooling and rebuilding or whether that means pushing forward and trying to acquire other assets to really uh, make this team a contender again. Because like I said, when you look at the East, it's not that difficult to really make an argument to to acquire someone else and say, okay, we could make a, we have a chance to really push for the East. Or do you do you disagree with that? Do you think the Bucks right now are the clear-cut favorites to win the East? No questions asked. Well, I don't know. I just think that we're just out of it now. Yeah, that, like right. I just don't see... Like, even with Kawhi, it was difficult. It, like, getting by Philly, and even Milwaukee to an extent, like, we needed that double overtime game three against Milwaukee. People forget that. It's like... Yeah, we, we won four straight, but if we lose that game three, I think that series is over. Yeah. I like and then the shot against Philly, like the margin of error I think is slimmer than people think, and we're not gonna get that that Kawhi Leonard replacement. So I just think that we just can't contend for a title in the short term now. We have to be thinking long term, um, how we can build around our younger guys. I think, though, if we keep the team we have, you know, I think we could potentially win, like, 45, maybe even 50 games if we stay really healthy. That would be optimistic. But I, I think, you know, we could... I think we're better than... I just don't think we're better than Boston. <laughs> um, and I, t- I take joy in that. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't think... I, I, you can't play the Ponzi scheme at this point. Um, it worked with Kawhi because he uh, he was the best player in the league this last season. You're not going to get that talent. No. No, no. If anyone's expecting Masai to push and try to acquire a talent that is uh, close or similar to a Kawhi Leonard, it's just not going to happen. And I think that's the reason why, like, I think people are aware of this at this point. I think people realize that um, no matter what, the Raptors are in this weird state of disarray, right? They're they're almost in, I don't want to say purgatory, but they're almost in... uh, Maybe they're back to like right before, uh, like that early playoff season, maybe in like 2013, 14 ish. Maybe they're back in that sort of uh ilk, but it's it's just deflating after winning a championship that we are faced with a, a the possibility that I, I don't know we could be another first or second round knockout. And that is just heartbreaking after knowing you you won the championship. But I guess, like, it could be worse. You could be Cleveland, or you could be New York, or you could be Orlando, or whatever. Like, it, the Raptors have a chance to do something cool, but it's just not... That cool thing is just not going to be winning a championship. Yeah, and we have no bad contracts on the books. So I think that's good. And let, let me pose this to you. Sure. Um, let's say the Spurs call up. Yo, we like Marcus Soul. You want you want DeRozan back? What do you say? <laughs> uh, I'd say, well, we have to wait until December first because he just uh, opted in, so we can't trade him until December. Um, I mean, you'd have to have a long talk with Demar, I guess, or maybe if the rumors are true that the uh, it's water under the bridge now, and he's not really that upset about it. Um, yeah, fuck it. Why not? Like you're, you're not winning a championship anymore anyway. But then you're having this this notion of, all right, is Demar gonna resign again because he's a free agent next year? And it would be so fucking awesome if Demar was like, no, nope, joining the Lakers. Peace out. You guys fucked me once. I'm done. Like it. I don't know. It, in in the immediate term, it'd be fun to have DeRozan back, but. I don't think there's any way he's re-signing, and that puts your your team in even more sense of heartbreak for the fan base. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like the league has really soured on DeRozan 
this season. Like it's been reported the Spurs are looking to trade him. Yeah. Um, it's not going to happen. Um, obviously, uh, just floating it out there, but, um, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I don't really know that, like, there's there's a move the Raptors can make now that will make fans feel feel good. Resigns. Like, <laughs> no, I'm serious. What? Yeah. Resign Vince. No. No, I'm saying, like, it's not going to make them better, but it will make a certain por- portion of the fan base feel good. It, it it it's a marketing it's a marketing ploy. Yeah, but it, right now what else do you have? <laughs> so it's like people would like the idea when you do that, but when they see Vince Carter on the court, they'll be like, This isn't the Vince Carter we had. Yeah. Yeah, I think people are aware of that. Just though. Falls apart game one. It's like <laughs> oh boy. We saw this story with Jeremy Lin last year. Uh, like, I, I is, Jer- is Jeremy Lin's career now done? No, I think he'll get scooped up somewhere. I just think he's just he's part of that dumpster diving right now. And I mean, he's an NBA champion. If if he wanted to retire now, I wouldn't blame him. But I I still think he'll get scooped somewhere. Yeah. I, I wouldn't do the Vince Carter thing. I'd understand business-wise why they would do it. Um, but I think now more than ever they will. <laughs> They're going to push for it. Give him that $9.2 million <laughs> mid-level. Jesus. Uh, maybe play for the minimum for, with them. You know, like his final... Because he's already declared this his final year. And it yeah. just seems that it's it's likely that he would want to run it back with the Raptors. And I don't think there's... I think now for him, the expectations would be so low because, you know, the Raptors, they're not considered championship contenders, title contenders right now. So bringing back Vince, I think this is a, a better atmosphere for him. Probably less exciting, but it's definitely a better atmosphere for him to uh, sort of... Uh, take a bow out of the NBA. I, I do, if I'm a betting man, I'm thinking that Masai's gonna, gonna sign Vince and that's going to ease the tensions a little bit until you're right. Until they see him play. He's just like, this guy's got no knees, man. He can't tell what he was able to do back in the day. Um, but I do think that's going to be something that you're going to see Masai do. What I'd rather we just, See, is the Raptors offer Vince Carter more money just to get Leo Routon's job or something? <laughs> like that's just Vince Carter's pretty good on TV. It's an immediate upgrade. He he had his podcast, the the winging it. That's mm-hmm. probably falling apart because that was with Baysmore. Now, uh, <laughs> Baysmore is in uh, I believe Portland. Um, so yeah, I don't I I I just don't. I feel like that's just a tacky move that you he, he can't play in. Like, is he gonna give us ten minutes a game? Like, no. I don't know, man. It's 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 going to be interesting moving forward to see what they do. Um, I'm I'm anxious to see what kind of moves they make, and I'm anxious to see um, the response that Masai because you know a press conference is coming. You know there's going to be some kind of presser. I'm more interested in seeing Masai answer these questions than what he's going to do in free agency. I think whatever press conference happens, maybe even today, that's going to be must-watch television. I think he's just going to put the Larry OB on the table and be like, any questions? <laughs> that's what I would do. Like that's, that's the gangster thing to do. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, let's wrap it up here. Um, I just wanted to give you the floor to give any closing thoughts you have. Um, obviously, it doesn't seem like you're taking this trade. Uh, well, actually, you're taking it. Sorry, you are taking this trade or this signing, rather, of Kawhi to the Clippers pretty well. Um, 
better than other people on Twitter. That's for damn sure. Um, so I, I appreciate you keeping, uh, you know, uh, an objective mind about this uh, throughout the show. Um, that being said, I kind of wanted to give you the floor to any closing statements you have regarding Kawhi Leonard not being a Raptor anymore and uh, the state of the franchise moving forward in a nutshell. Go ahead. Well, I'm upset because last night I bought the Galaxy Opal Kawhi Leonard MVP finals <laughs> card in 2K. The auction house is down, so it wouldn't let me redeem it. I haven't played with that card yet. Like, I wanted to play with that card while he was still on the Raptors. But I gotta, like, quick sell it now? Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And then also, I was planning on getting the Kawhi shot against Philly. I was planning on having that printed and framed. Oh, you gotta get and, that still. And I'm just like, I was I was gonna definitely do that. At, like, I was thinking about doing that like this week or something. But like, I'm like now I might have to wait a bit. Like, it just feel, it feels too soon now. That like, that like he got like maybe wait like a like six months or something to have that done until like the sting is gone. It will be on sale. Like, well, I was just gonna have it printed at Staples. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's that's the thing. Like they want like fifty bucks. <laughs> like the fu- I'm like what? Like no, I'm just gonna have that printed at Staples. Are you kidding me? Uh, that's so true. Like probably like under ten bucks to have it printed at Staples. It's true. And then like the, the expensive part is like the frame, but like I don't think you even got the frame if you were buying the photo from the NBA store for that fifty bucks. It's true. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think, I think the exciting thing though about the Raptors is from a fantasy perspective, because, um, it's who's going to pick up that usage, where are those stats going to go? And I don't know if you have any thoughts on this, but I don't know. Is Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Fleet, OG Ananobi, Norman Powell, like who's going to pick up these stats and become valuable in fantasy now? I think Pascal Siakam is the the number one guy I think people will be targeting in terms of those on the Raptors. But and this is sort of ties to fantasy as well. I think you're going to have to see Kyle Lowry revert back to pre uh 2018-19 Kyle Lowry and be more of an aggressive scorer more than the facilitator that he tried to be this season right i don't think you're going to see those assist numbers nearly as high so if you want like the, the scoring category i think Pascal Siakam and Kyle Lowry are going to be your two best bets yeah i i'm just worried about Lowry it's like oh now he's going back to the 37 minute per game where For he sure. breaks yep because we saw that I think back-to-back seasons with Casey that, like, he is not right for the playoffs um, in those seasons, and people were, like, making fun of him then. Yes, they were making fun of him this season, but he he, he pulled it out. He pulled it out in these playoffs. Um, yeah. I I, th- I think it's, it, it's going to be more pleasant than what people think, like, I think the lose more losing more games. I think that might be tough, but I think just seeing how the Raptors form and seeing what the new offense is going to look like. Because oftentimes um, this season it was like, okay, now Kawhi is going to take over the offense, and it right. just went through him, as opposed to like we played well without him this past season. I know it was just regular season, but like there was more flow and it. it seemed to like be more team basketball when he was out. So I think it could be interesting to see how that, how that goes. I think the development of our young players, uh, Pascal Siakam and OG and Anobi, I think that's going to be interesting. Um, so I, I, I don't think that pe- people might seem upset now on Twitter and I get it, but I don't think people are going to like throughout the season be like, Oh, this is the team we have. I think people will buy in pretty quickly and be like, oh, yeah, this is still a pretty fun team. We're just back to where we were before we were a contender. Because I don't think like we're significantly worse than where we were before the Kawhi trade. No. No, I, 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 I agree with you there. And like I said, given the, the landscape of the East sort of shifting, um, it's not as nearly as top-heavy 
as it was. It's a little bit more balanced, um, even though we said that Milwaukee and Philly are probably the top two teams. It's still, there's a lot more balance there um, than there was in the beginning of uh, the season last year. But um, I've said it on the show, man. Uh, Kawhi didn't owe us shit. He won us a championship. He was the finals MVP. Um, yes, you can talk about load management and whatnot, but he he went at it very hard in the playoffs. Um, he was battling injuries, and he still got his championship. So I know it sucks that he's heading heading out west to play with the Clippers, but as I mentioned, at least he's not playing with the Lakers, man, because I feel like if you play with the Lakers, the NBA would just sort of be unwatchable in a sense, right? Um, but I don't know. I, I do find it funny that you're going to have the Lakers sort of scrap heap now. Like they're definitely going to have to dump to dive in terms of how they're going to fill out the rest of the, the roster. So maybe this was a little troll job by Kawhi Leonard, in which case, if it was, I love it. Um, but I, in terms of the Raptors, um, just keep it. Look. At least it's not as bad as the Blue Jays, right? Like, this team is not going to be terrible. They're still going to win, I, I, I agree with you, maybe 45 to 50 games. Um, I don't think they're going to push for a title, but they're still playoff contenders. So you, you can still sort of bank on that and have fun with that. Um, there's going to be a lot to talk about. I think the trade deadline is going to be very interesting come February of 2020. Um, I think the the future of Pascal Siakam and how they handle that, as well as Fred Van Vliet, is going to be interesting. The talking points aren't void when it comes to the Toronto Raptors, and I do think that if people are looking to jump off the bandwagon, I encourage you not to. Um, you never know when it comes to Messiah Jerry. Messiah Jerry has the, the ability to really uh, turn your head and kind of come out of nowhere and uh, pull something off. So that wouldn't surprise me if he does, or if he doesn't and sort of just lets this ride out, I'm cool with that too. Um, But having said that, um, I got nothing more to add when it comes to Kawhi. Um, We sort of beaten this to death. It it sucks that he's gone, but won a championship, man. So what more can you ask for? Um, That being said, Jordan, this is your time to shine. You can promote any and everything you got going on where people can find you on Twitter. Go for it, man. Floor is yours. You can find me on Twitter at 416Basketball. Working on a novel now. We'll see how that goes, but yeah, I got nothing to promote. (laughs) Okay, man. Um, Well, I'm sure we'll have many conversations throughout the offseason and well into the season, Uh, but until then, man, take it easy. All right. Thank you for listening to the South of the Six podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at South of the Six and subscribe to our show. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Yeah, we're everywhere. While you're at it, if you liked what you heard, do us a solid and leave us five stars and a quick review. We appreciate it. Thanks again. Go Jays and Raptors.